God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And today is actually going to be a pretty interesting day. So, no, I'm not talking about Amanda Heard getting cross-examined by Johnny Depp's attorneys. That's not what we're talking about here. No. Now, I'm talking about the Durham-Sussman trial and the Hillary Clinton trial. I'm talking about the PA... Senate race and uh, a primary uh, where we got McCormick, we got Kathy Barnett, we got Dr. Oz. We got all kinds of stuff going on there. It's a house divided within the Republican Party. You got Trump backing Oz. You got Cruz backing McCormick. And then you got uh, a very strong Trump-esque candidate uh, in Kathy Barnett. So It's going to be interesting to see how that race plays out. We have lots of clips going on right now, audio clips we're going to be playing for you today. And we're not going to take any calls today because uh, there's just not even enough time to do the show that we've put together for you. But I got to tell you, um, the uh, Sussman-Hillary-Clinton-Durham thing is, is, is proven to be so rigged. It's unbelievable. I mean, we're going to play a clip for you that I just heard, you know, Jonathan Turley. I, I like Jonathan Turley. I don't agree with him. A lot. He's he's a he's a I think he might even be a registered liberal or a Democrat. I'm not sure. Um, I, I but I still think from a legal minds, a legal mind and from from a legal perspective, I think he you know, has a lot of uh, clout with me. Um, so I respect what he has to say, especially on this particular issue. Um, I mean, the things he's witnessing play out before his eyes, whether it's the leaker from the uh, Supreme Court or what have you. Uh, these are unprecedented, unchartered territory. 
And, you know, I want to comment on a couple of other things, too. We want to talk about inflation today, and we're going to talk about what what uh, the press secretary has said, and then also um, what Jeffrey Bezos has said from Amazon. If, if, if Biden starts to lose Elon Musk and Bezos, who are two liberals that probably voted for him because they hated Trump, yeah, Musk was not a big fan of Trump, and neither was uh, Bezos. You know, again, don't forget, I played this a couple, probably over a month ago, um, but it was about, um, you know, the Guardian uh, magazine put out this article, but they weren't the only ones. It's just the one I referenced. Um, in 2017, it was the CEO of Disney, and it was Elon Musk who were the first to depart the business panel that Trump put together to try to enhance commerce in America, to try to create jobs for the middle class. And they were the first to leave, and they left over something so small. And, 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 and Trump was correct when he decided to leave the Paris Agreement because it was unfairly beneficial to China and and Europe and America got the short end of the stick and without America, that deal was nothing because it was also helping India. It was helping a lot of different countries, but it wasn't really helping America, the United States of America we got to stop giving away the farm. And these freebies are not free. Socialism is not free. And this globalist movement is all about socialism, tyranny, control, power, by unelected officials. There's nothing democratic about it. When Klaus Schwab gets to sit at the end of the table and dictate things, or when Tedros from WHO gets to actually seize our sovereignty from our country and rule our pandemics and rule our behavior and rule our lives. Who is this guy from Africa? You know, he's some sort of tribal killer. He was one step up from being a terrorist in his young days. And now he's going to control the world through a health organization? You kidding me? You got to be kidding me. If you would have told told me this back in the 40s and 50s, well McCarthy was right, right? Joe McCarthy was right. I disagreed with McCarthy, Joe McCarthy my whole life. Because no matter how much you hated communism, and no matter how much you knew communism was a, a cancer, guess what? He was right. You give them an inch, they take a mile. And that's what they've done. Just like this indoctrination of our children, just like how we like tolerance has turned into grooming. Pho- you know, don't be phobic. Accept our sexual choices. As if I even care whether you like to putt from the left or what. You know, 
I don't care what your sexual persuasion is. I don't care that a dude likes a dude or a girl likes a girl. I don't care. As long as you treat me and my family fine, I'm, God bless you. And God should bless everybody, and he does. But the point is, we have to, you know, that was never the issue. The issue was to take over. The issue was to indoctrinate. And the issue was to attack Christianity. We are dealing with not just a globalist, a war on globalism, but we are dealing also, and that, and, and Ukraine and Russia are, are really at the center of it right now. But we're dealing with a cultural war. This is a cultural war. And with the, in the age of social media, cultural wars become very deadly. Just like the Cold War was a very deadly war. Even though no one ever fired a shot. That was the whole concept of the Cold War. But economically, economic wars can be devastating. Just look at what we're dealing with right now. Cyber wars could be deadly. Space wars could be deadly. Space wars can cut off all of our communications. We know that cyber wars can actually attack our food supply with beef, cause inflation, and deny us of our energy. Like when they attack the oil and the beef. Huh, that sounds to me like it was the, the hackers were hired by green initiatives. Greenpeace and, and Ocasio-Cortez allies. And maybe, maybe too, maybe it was Russia. Because Russia would love to say uh, get us off of uh, energy independence, wouldn't they? We'd buy more of their oil. China would love to get us off of uh, fossil fuels, wouldn't they? Because we'd buy their batteries. And so those cyber wars were quite interesting. And it happened under Biden. And I believe it was an attack on our system. Just like this man-created, on-purpose inflation. And now we're short of baby food. There's a shortage of baby food. There's supply chains all over. This COVID thing is being used to impact supply chains. And China is doing what they're doing on purpose. People are so busy defending themselves from the punch from the right hand, they're not seeing the left hook, to use a boxing metaphor. What do I mean by that? I mean that we're looking at the right hand we're worried about that right hand punching us square in the face, and it is. But we're not paying attention to the left hook that's coming to our liver. And we are getting attacked from all ends. And we can't even see straight which punches are coming in because this, this globalism effort to take over the world is real. So while Chinese people are actually fighting the government with the argument that they want you to fight, which is, no, these COVID restrictions are not right. They're not fair. They're not reasonable. They don't make scientific sense. Trust the science, my, 
my butt. Are you kidding me? So, no, I'm not trying. As much of a farce as we see it to be, and we keep on saying, hey, you know, um, the science, we've disproven the science. We're so busy disproving the science. We're so busy saying that masks don't work. We're so busy saying the vaccines are a problem. We're so busy talking about social credit scores. But we're, we're busy fighting their fight. But it very well could be that their, their whole interest is collapsing the, the economy from within. And so they could rebuild it up like Cloward and Piven. It, it very well could be that this is an aggressive maneuver to push the one world order. One world, one health organization. I heard that. WHO, one, one pandemic plan to control the whole world's behavior when the, when the next pandemic happens. Not if the, it's when the next pandemic happens. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Since when have we gotten to the point where pandemics are now a norm? Just like election rigging is now normal. Do we even have an election anymore? If they want to make it uh, turn turn the elections into a Wild West routine, yeah, we'll go to the gun cabinet and take out our guns and start shooting everybody and start trying to fight our way into a fair election. If that's what you want, bloodshed, I don't know. But what I am saying is this. It doesn't have to be this chaotic. It could be really simple. It's not hard to actually count beans, is it? We've been doing bean counters for hundreds of years. Never had a problem counting beans. All of a sudden, we can't count votes in 2022. It's ridiculous. We're out of food. We're out of baby food in 2022, the richest country in the world. Are you kidding me? That's a joke. That's by design. So I'm not buying any of this. I'm not buying it, any of it. You know, like I say, you know, you could actually plan for inflation and the corporations could be part of this equation. They could buy their widgets to make their products early before the inflation so they get all the products when the supply chains are flowing and, you know, like the way it was under Trump. So they buy all their stuff. They make all their products from the stuff that they buy. They sell them when the inflation's high. You know, if you get widget A, widget B, widget C, widget D, and you make the grand widget with those parts and you sell the grand widget when inflation is high, but you bought the widget, the, the, the pieces from China or wherever when, the, when it was really cheap, you're going to make out like a bandit. It's like buying the house on a low and selling it on the bubble. The only question and the only problem is who knows? Who knows when that bubble is going to burst and who knows when the market is at the bottom? 
and only good, great investors can really, you know, figure that stuff out. But if you're on the inside pulling all the strings to the economy, like Biden is right now, with every move he makes, like he thinks that somehow taxing the rich is going to actually fix inflation. It's the most insane idea that you could ever muster up. So we're going to take a listen. We have a lot of different audio clips today, and I forgive me because I actually like to talk. Believe it or not, I don't know. Maybe maybe you knew that. Um, but I want to play this clip from um, Jean-Pierre, uh, the uh, press secretary. Let's take a listen. She's asked this question. How does raising taxes on corporations reduce inflation? Let's take a listen. President's Twitter account posted the other day, you want to bring down inflation, let's make sure the wealthiest corporations pay their fair share. Mm-hmm. How does raising taxes on corporations reduce inflation? Um, so, are you talking about a specific tweet? He tweeted, you want to bring down inflation, let's make sure the wealthiest corporations pay their fair share. Look, you know, we have talked about, um, we have talked about this this past year, uh, about um, making sure that the wealthiest among us are paying their fair share. Um, and that is important to do. And uh, that is something that, uh, you know, the president has been, you know, working on uh, every day when we talk about inflation and lowering costs. And so it's very important uh, that, uh, you know, as we're seeing costs rise, uh, as we're talking about how to, you know, uh, you know, build a, a, a America that's safe, uh, that's equal for everyone and doesn't leave everyone behind. That is an important part uh, of that as well. So Amazon's Bezos, again, blasts Biden administration on inflation, says it's most hurtful to the poor. So Amazon's Jeff Bezos tweeted on Sunday that inflation is most hurtful to to the least affluent in the United States. Of course, we know that. But Bezos is looking at it from the lens of Amazon is starting to drop in the their their shares are starting to crumble a little bit. And the reason why is because people aren't buying as much. And there's a, there not only are there supply chain issues, but inflation is just caught making products cost prohibitive. Instead of buying a new widget, you know, I keep using widget, sorry. Um but instead of buying a new a replacement product, um people are just going to milk their coffee maker or their air fryer or their whatever they bought. They're going to, you know, maybe jerry-rig it. And, you know, if the cord is loose, they'll just black tape it, right? Put some black tape around it and, you know, try to get it to uh, get it to last another year. Weather this inflationary storm for whatever. But they're going to, you know, instead of getting a new dishwasher or whatever it is, they're just going to basically just run the one that's making that extra noise that you don't like. But you're going you're gonna to deal with it. People are less likely to buy the replacement because they're going to hold on to their cash because it's just things are too expensive, number one. And number two, they have to spend $100 to fill up their gas tank of gas. So it's killing Amazon. It's killing them. So Bezos on Friday called out President Biden over a tweet that said taxing wealthy corporations can help lower inflation. 
The commons for well, that, that, that's and that's almost ridiculous because they're just going to pass along the added expenses of cost of doing business to the consumer, and that's going to uh, cause the GDP to go down. That's going to cause that uh, you know. In one sense, you could think, okay, that's going to they they might lower the price. There's one way to look at it, and that's probably the Biden way, is is by creating um, more expenses in these corporations, it's going to raise prices. Um, but you're going to have uh, less less purchasing. You know, um, basically, you could look at it and say, you need to slow the economy down. So if you have less borrowing money with the higher interest rates that the Fed is putting out there, um, then you're making money more expensive, but you're slowing down the economy. See, when you're giving money to the economy, like you're just injecting it like a like a syringe of heroin into the uh, uh, economy, you just throw money into the economy. You just give it away. You print it, and then you give it away. That devalues the dollar, of course, but it also creates this artificial spending at the lower end of the spectrum because all these so-called poor people were getting all these $1,200 checks at one point through the pandemic and whether they needed them or not. And they, you, would, you would go out and spend that 1200 and it would stimulate the economy artificially. But when that juice ran out, now you're, you're on this artificial high. It's artificial. And it's sort of like coming down from this this free cash that was given to you and then it, uh, the economy collapses the gdp was at minus 1.4 the last uh, check and it's going to go down even lower i mean it's just a, it's a terrible thing we're in a recession path when the gdp declines multiple quarters in a row you got a recession I think we're heading for a depression. I think that the stock market is actually going to be a correct correction. And I think that at some point, the demand for gold is going to go up. You know, the thing about cryptocurrency uh, in that situation is there was just this talk last week. We were talking about it, I think, on, on this air. And basically, the mere talk, uh, there was a report put out by crypto uh uh, Coinbase, 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 or CoinBank, and um, they put it out, and they said uh, that if they go bankrupt, they'll lose. You'll lose all your money. So, say you have a hundred thousand dollars invested in Coinbase crypto. Um, at some, if they go bankrupt, you lose it all. You're not protected by FDIC or anything like that. And so the point is, is is that once people realized that they were going to lose all their money, they pulled their money out, which guaranteed the collapse and the bankruptcy. So my point is that cryptocurrency has no insurance that your money is going to be safe. That's number one. Number two... Anybody with a big megaphone can get out there and start a rumor 
that could actually impact the withdrawal of money by a huge mass of people. Sort of like what they did with Reddit. Remember when they were uh, the hedge fund managers were bu- buying short, shorting uh, GameStop, and then all of a sudden these people on Reddit uh, said, "Buy all the GameStop you can, uh, GameStop you can," because it was a they were going to go bankrupt, and they artificially inflated GameStop, and then it prevented the hedge fund hedge fund managers lost all kinds of money, and all of a sudden the government got in because they were protecting the hedge fund managers. But the point the point is similar. And the similarity is is that it's volatile, it's vulnerable, and there's no uh, it's it, and it's risky for crypto because a mere rumor can actually cause the bankruptcy of a certain currency, of a certain cryptocurrency, and and that makes your dollar makes it you could lose everything over overnight almost. And 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 it could be it could be started by a fake story or a rumor that's not true, but the truth then becomes reality because the rumor, the false rumor, actually caused the real bankruptcy, which caused you to really lose all your money. And that is the scare. That is the fear. And so think you know you got to think about that. But um you know I like this tweet by uh by the Bradford file and he writes this. Um Oh wait, I want to write I want to read this first. So in um December 2020 this would have been uh, when he was president-elect. He uh, Biden tweeted this out, and he says, In the 21st century, 12 years of school isn't enough. That's why under the Biden-Harris plan, community college will be free, and public colleges and universities will be tuition-free for families earning less than 125000 a year. I said this to that. I said, want free, ed- want free education and health care? Join the military. Giving them away to privileged new generations removes the incentives to serve in America's armed forces. Socialism and open borders isn't free. It depletes our resources and our infrastructure and weakens our national security. And it does. The point is, is that the unintended consequence for all of these freebies is you know, and they, they, the same thing could could be true actually, with regard to um, I remember when Kennedy, Justice Kennedy, was on the bench, and he talked about the constellation of benefits, and what he was talking about was gay marriages, and he was saying that homosexuals were disenfranchised from the benefits uh, bestowed upon uh, married family, married couples and starting families. But it belies the whole concept of what in the world was it there for to begin with. It was there to incentivize population growth and community building. 
And it was the and the foundation and the fabric of society back then when these things were in the early part of the nineteenth or twentieth century um, was was um, that it was it was designed to build families and communities, you know. So when Hillary Clinton could say as a socialist, it takes a village. Well, under her plan, uh, there is no village, and if there's the and and. He, the village foundation, the fabric and the foundation of a village or a community is, is frankly, it's the church that, that, that talks about, it because everything is really kind of culture. Culture and our, our whole foundation and our whole constitution is built upon the Judeo-Christian value system. And things we learn from the Bible and th- things we get from God, and we just instill it and put it into the Constitution. But the Constitution is our set of rules that we go by. They want to end all that, and the only way they can end the Constitution is they can des- they have to destroy your your faith in God, and they're trying to do that with Disney. They're trying to do that with indoctrinating children through the, these radical teachers. Um, they're doing it with confusion and chaos, and, and, and they're basically making it so not only with open borders do you not know who, what your heritage is anymore, but if you're in the military, who are you defending? Are you defending El Salvador's citizens, or are you defending your citizens? Who are you defending? So... You know, the thing is, if you don't even know what sex you are and you don't know what your identity is as a country and you have no borders, then what is there left to fight for? Now, if you're going to give away education and health care, it used to be that you would join the military because they had an education program. And you join the military which would strengthen our national security. And then you would basically go out and give four years to the military. That was the contract. And in, in return, you would have an opportunity through the GI Bill to get a discount or a free education. And, and that, was your, that was your perk. And you would even have free health care. And as part of the VA hospital. And that's great. But now they want to give away health care and they want to give away the same people that don't want to spend on our military when all of our adversaries are. The same people that want to give away more money to NATO and Ukraine than they do our own citizens. The same people that are responsible for the baby food shortage. And of course they're blaming Abbott. And 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 what kind of infrastructure is a first world country that one plant is shut down and all of a sudden there's a baby food shortage. One hacker hacks colonial pi- uh, pipeline oil, colonial oil, and half of our country is out of oil. You know, one uh, one country like China has a supply chain issue and all of a sudden uh, it's impacting everything. One small war that we could have actually easily avoided and all of a sudden there's inflation through the roof. 
If that's the case, then shame on our government for allowing us to be so vulnerable. I've heard these horror stories about electric, electromagnetic pulses. One, one bloom of uh, nuclear-level explosion off the coast could shut out the whole electrical grid in our country. This can't be. We should not be this vulnerable. And if we would just spend more money on infrastructure and securing and making sure we're safe, instead of all these social welfare programs to buy voter blocks, which is what the Democrats are doing, they sell out. They're selling out everywhere we turn. You know, and this is a real problem. So this inflation thing is pretty interesting. Now, I have a clip. I want you to listen to Jonathan Turley talk about what's happening today. This is going to be the Sussman-Durham, Hillary Clinton. This thing is so rigged. They're basically rigging this this, uh, court proceeding. And it's unbelievable what they're getting away with. It says, looks like Durham dragging his feet after discovery has caused important emails to be inadmissible in case against Hillary's former campaign manager, Michael Sussman. Judge rules Fusion GPS Clinton attorney emails deemed not admissible in trial. Not only that, but you're going to hear Turley talk about how some of these um, trial jurists, jury, uh, the part of the jury has been compromised. And that that in and of itself is is a bit uh, concerning. So let's take a listen to this uh, right now. This is going to be this is actually from today on Fox and Friends. Let's take a listen. We can expect, uh, Professor. Does that seem fair to you? Uh, can those three people who donated to her campaign be fair? Well, the special counsel objected uh, to uh, particularly one of these jurors as being biased, and Judge Cooper uh, overruled that. Um, This is the latest of a series of decisions by the court that has, in some ways, debilitated aspects of the prosecution. You know, the, the court previously ruled that Durham could not make critical linkages to the Clinton campaign during the trial. And Durham's people were, I think, incredulous and said, well, hold it. The reason we're saying that he hid his connection to the Clinton campaign was that this was part of an overall effort to do so. Uh, The other attorney in this firm, Mark Elias, who was the general counsel of the Clinton campaign, was also accused of lying about the Clinton campaign funding the Steele dossier. This deals with a separate Russian collusion theory involving the Alpha Bank. But both, both of these individuals were accused of similar conduct, and the campaign was accused of just concealing its role in spreading Russian collusion theories. The court said, I'm not going to let you make those close connections. Uh, You're not going to be able to present that to the jury. So the prosecution is starting out with some very significant limitations imposed by the court, and I don't agree with them. Right. Uh, And keep in mind, for the folks at home, this trial really is about, the charge is that he, Mr. Sussman, lied to the FBI because uh, he took this information to the general counsel and they said, 
are you working for somebody? And he said, no, this is just on my own. Like, I'm, I'm just offering this up to save America. But here's the thing, a professor, shouldn't Robert Mueller have figured all this stuff out in 2016? I mean, he had a $40 million investigation. You would have thought he connected all the dots back then. Well, this is, in fact, the same charge that was brought by Mueller against a number of Trump officials. And frankly, the trials could not be more different. You know, in the, tr in the prosecution of Flynn, who pleaded guilty, uh, the judge in this very same courthouse really applied a no-holds-barred approach, anything the prosecution wanted. In this case, it's much, much more restrictive. But there are a lot of questions that you raise, which, uh, which are legitimate. By, by the way, did you hear Flynn pleaded guilty? Now, I don't think Flynn should have ever pleaded guilty. But I have always maintained for a long time now, I think Flynn was in on, he was the insurance policy. And by pleading guilty, made it impossible for Trump to actually release evidence that would have exposed the previous administration, which was the Obama administration, for the wrongdoings that they did in Ukraine and with Russia. And if you recall, when Trump met with Putin in Finland, I think it was Helsinki, I'm not sure, um, but when he met with in Finland, there was that soccer ball and said, Mr. President, the ball's in your court. And everybody made a big to-do out of that. And remember also, there was a Secret Service person that got assassinated. And I think that they were trying to poison somebody in that camp in Scotland on their way to Helsinki. And so we forget a lot. Just like we forgot about Jonathan uh, uh, Wiener, uh, Wiener's laptop. Just like uh, we uh, are not able to, the FBI is going to lose Biden's laptop, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. Where are these laptops with all this crap on them? And why are these Democrats getting away with it? Now we got Hillary Clinton here. Same thing, usual as, uh, as usual. You got, you got Jeffrey Epstein uh, dying in his cell with the cameras turned off. And we're just all supposed to be okay with all this. It's ridiculous. We're learning a lot of new information about the role of the Clinton campaign in creating these collusion allegations, of spreading them, of hiding uh, their funding. Recently, the Clinton campaign was fined uh, by the FEC for hiding the funding right. of the Steele dossier and calling it legal costs through this firm, Perkins Coie. Um, all of that is relatively new. And the question is why the Mueller campaign, why, why the Mueller uh, prosecutors uh, failed to uncover any of this. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing, one big difference is the Mueller investigation leaked like a sieve. We heard everything they were working on. But by comparison, the Durham probe has been relatively leak-free. Yeah, right. Right. How about that? And it wasn't Jonathan Weiner; it was Anthony Weiner, right? Um, that just came to me uh, as we were sitting there. I was like, I got that name wrong. But um, in any case, 
That's interesting, what we just heard there. And that's all going to be playing out today. Uh, Trump also gave a really great interview. I posted it up on um, on my social media. And I got to tell you, I'm not going to play that today because we're not going to have time. It's a really good interview. And I might try to play it tomorrow. Um because I, I also want to play this Elon Musk. I want to get to this Elon Musk story as well. And um, But before I do, I want to read to you something that Greg Jarrett said. He said, so he was talking about judge rules, fusion GPS, Clinton attorney emails deemed not admissible in trial. So emails exchanged between Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman and the opposition research firm Fusion GPS will not be admissible in court. District Court Judge Christopher Cooper ruled Thursday that none of the 38 email emails exchanged between lawyer Michael Sussman and the Clinton campaign and opposition research firm Fusion GPS uh, and, uh, and submitted as evidence by Sp- Special Counsel John Durham are admissible in Sussman's impending trial, reports National Review. So the National Review writes, oh, just that. But you got to ask yourself the question, is the fix in? I, I, I think it is. I think it is, absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was just... Uh, looking for this uh, other piece to that. But we're going to move on to um, uh, Elon Musk. Now, this Elon Musk story is very interesting on so many levels. Um, It's one of three things, folks. It really is. And Elon Musk, uh, you know, everybody sort of knows I was one of the first to say there's something else going on with this deal. And it could be a a couple of things for sure. And that is Elon Musk, like uh, like I was suggesting, and I'm not saying this will happen or would happen, but, you know, I said this isn't a done deal. And it could very well be that Elon Musk's, you know, promise to get involved with Twitter and put it back on the map um, could very well be just to slow down investors who were poised and ready to spend inject cash into Truth Social. And they were trying to wait and see, like maybe Getter wasn't getting the funding that they wanted because Truth Social was about to come out. And they wanted to see what Truth Social was going to do because everybody knows Trump is the biggest fish in town. And in fact, I was thinking about this and I said, and, and, and I'm going to ask the question this way so you can think about it too. And try to answer this question, if you can. Can you name one person other than Donald Trump that would actually matter the most, you know, or matter the most and have such an impact on Twitter than Donald Trump? So when Donald Trump said, I'm not going back to Twitter, That threw a little bit of a monkey wrench into the calculation of Elon Musk. That's one. Two, it very well could be that Elon Musk was trying to slow down investors because Twitter becomes not viable once the investors inject billions of dollars into uh, Truth Social or Getter. 
And so the idea, and even now in this interview, uh, Elon Musk brings up MeWe as being better than all of them. And I think it's because he realizes Twitter was lying to everybody. Think about the um, think about what's happening to Twitter now. They tried to say that it was less than five percent, and Prang, uh, the CEO of Twitter, is saying that outsiders can't possibly get a good assessment. You need internal documents, and we're not going to release those because of privacy. It's sort of like the government saying we can't talk about that because it's classified. When in fact it's not classified, they're just they're doing the classification act routine to deny transparency, right? So that's what they're doing there, and so the uh, issue is just that. But um, Elon Musk's situation is he's saying you know it could be greater than twenty, it could be as high as eighty percent. So why in the world would I buy a media company and they say, oh, we have a subscription base of 250,000 people. And then you turn around and it says, you know what? Actually, you only have a subscription base of 15,000 people. The rest are fake accounts, just like uh, election fraud and all kinds of things, fake numbers. And these bots and these these uh, paid accounts and all this um, is real. So the idea is is that Twitter's value. So the other problem is if Elon Musk attacks Twitter, he violates his deal with uh with the non-disclosure agreement and he gets sued by Twitter's board. And that could be very costly. So now what he's saying is he's outing this information because he's saying, I can't buy it if I don't know what I'm buying. And he's couching it in that way instead of being, you know, and he's being very careful about when he tweets something, he'll put a disclaimer and say, I'm only saying this because of this. So he's really, really CYA, protecting himself uh, from these lawsuits that are sure to come because basically he's allowed to say, I need to check the tire, kick the tires, and check the air, check check underneath the hood, and before I buy it, and that's fair enough. So it's either he's hurting Truth Social by slowing down investors, by toying around with this idea, or he's an earnest inv- and buyer and wants to do right, and his heart's in the right place. But he he wants to know what he's getting. And I think he actually got in to this close place of purchase so that he gained more leverage to do this. I don't think this was a knee-jerk reaction. I think this was planned the whole time. And and the question is, was it planned to hurt Truth Social and Getter and Parler and Gab in an election year? by denying them the investors that they would be normally getting if it wasn't for the volatility in the market and the uncertainty. So there's that component. Or is he an earnest buyer? And is he going out to buy this thing and he wants to know what he's buying? Because he might be paying too much. And then the other part is 
what's this going to do to uh, retroactively the advertisers that advertised on Twitter are going to find out how much money they actually paid and what they were actually getting. And retroactively, they could sue Twitter for all it's worth and knock Twitter out of business. And then he could start his own social media. I mean, there's a lot of that that you could do. But without Trump, Twitter is really worthless. And I think he also sees that Twitter has become just a little radical left-wing operation because the right, the, 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 all the conservative media outlets have been censored or put off or suspended or what have you. That's one. And two, without Trump, can you name anyone more important to Twitter's future than Donald Trump? Can you name one? You can't. I can't. And so Trump is everything. Just like Trump's endorsements mean a lot. Trump is just about everything to Twitter. And Elon Musk understands that. He says without Trump, it's really, it's not going to have, it's basically going to be, you know, because let's face it, conservatives represent more than 50% of the United States right now. I'd say it's 55, 60%, at least. And so without Trump, you've just lost the majority of your country. And so Elon Musk makes these great points about uh, ratios in terms of um, uh, when he tweets a tweet. If they said they have 250 million subscribers and you only get, you know, a million uh, likes, that's not the same algorithm that we see in other uh, platforms. So let's take a listen to a little bit of what Elon Musk has to say. We're running out of time today. We're probably going to pick this up and play it again tomorrow, but let's take a listen. Well, let's see. Um, I guess right now uh, I'm sort of debating the number of bots on Twitter. Uh, (laughs) On Twitter. Um, and um, the, currently, I'd like the, what, what's, what I'm being told is that the, uh, there's just no way to know the number of bots. It's like as unknowable as the human soul, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> because we have no idea what level of witchcraft and alchemy is needed to determine these for this bot percentage. Have you determined? <laughs> I said, like, why, why not try calling people? But I haven't got a response. You know, like, if you tried calling people or something, you know. Like maybe <laughs> try the answer. It's not a bot. No, no, no. I don't know, but I, I think like that would be one of the things to do to say like, have you tried calling them as opposed to like trying to read the tea leaves here? That's like impossible, you know. Uh, obviously, you can have an account that looks exactly like a, a human account or is being operated by where one person is operating a thousand accounts or something. Um, but that person can only buy one toaster. They're not going to buy a thousand toasters. So you care about like number of unique real people. Uh, that are on the system, it's extremely fundamental. And anyone who uses Twitter is well aware that uh, the the comment the comment threads are are full of spa- spam, scam, and and um, just a lot of you know fake accounts. So um, it's it seems uh, beyond beyond reasonable for Twitter to claim that the number of uh, uh, essentially the number of real said another way the number of real unique humans 
that you see making comments on a daily basis on Twitter um, is above 95%. That is what they're claiming. Does anyone have that experience? <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> Listen, like, there's a bridge uh, I, I'd like to sell you, you know, uh, you know. Uh, you know. <laughs> and and so, also, you can buy the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> um, what do you think it is? What do you, yeah, what's the, what's the uh, I mean, if it's not 5%, what, what is it? Um, I think it's a number that is probably at least uh, four or five times that number. The, yeah. I'd say it at, uh, if you did sort of the, the, the lowest estimate would be probably 20%. Um, and, uh, and, and, this, and this is a, a bunch of uh, quite smart outside firms have done analysis of Twitter and uh, looked at the, the, the sort of daily, daily users and their conclusion is also about, is about 20%, but that's a lower bound. It's not an upper bound. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at, say, um, the most liked tweets on Twitter. Um, so I. <laughs> so he gets into this whole thing about he had his biggest tweet was the one about Coca-Cola putting cocaine back into Coca-Cola, which actually kind of happened. Um, it was the biggest likes, 5 million likes. He said that doesn't compare, that doesn't make mathematical sense given the, you know, the number. In any case, um, that's a longer interview. Uh, we're going to be playing some more of that in the, in the future. Uh, it was very enlightening, uh, very good. Um, one other thing I want to say is this. Um, you know, President Biden, or Biden, I don't want to call him president, actually. My mistake. Biden, uh, you know, he said this. Jensaki said, says Biden has no plans to visit Waukesha after the deadly Christmas parade attack at, uh, we're out of time, but at a deadly Christmas parade attack at the, uh, this time because sending the president to a community requires a lot of assets. And then, of course, Biden will travel to Buffalo to, on Tuesday uh, following mass shooting, official says, right? So the president of the United States is going to fly to the scene of a mass killing and use it as an opportunity to brand half the country as white supremacists. He is an evil man. That is for sure. That is insane. And that is ridiculous. And the hypocrisy among the left, you know, my body, my choice, COVID or abortion, completely flip-flop on those completely flip-flops on Waukesha and Buffalo. You know, it's absolutely absurd. They politicize everything. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Now getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.